What is up, football fans, and welcome on in to a, what do you want to say? You want to call it a maiden voyage? I guess last week was kind of a pilot. Regardless, we're going to call it a Football Friday show, and it's presented by our friends at Superbook Sports. So i got to get closer to the mic, according to the producer, Andrew. In front of the, are you in front of the glass or behind the glass? What do we want to call that? Next to the door, we'll call it that. But I uh, hope everybody is doing well. Be sure to give me a follow on social media at Media by AP. Also still working on uh, not having anything to look at behind the camera. So if you see me going a little here, a little there, that is the reasoning. But uh, we've got a week five NFL slate to talk about. The Broncos, they've got a big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking forward to that one. We had a good game last night to get the Week 5 slate started out. The Rammies over the Fugazi Seattle Seahawks. So if you read the primer, you know that I'm completely down on the Seahawks and the 49ers, although I got some trends for you later on in the program about San Francisco. But uh, a 26-17 victory last night for the Rammies, and away we go. Before we get started and dive into the full Week 5 slate, want to give a shout-out to our friends at Superbook Sports. Look, we're reference three. We got the hat, we got the bottle, and we got the crew neck. So a uh, big shout-out to our friends. Over at Superbook Sports, they are the presenting sponsor of our Football Friday show right here on Mile High Sports Radio. Would not be here without them. And it's one of the best sports books in Colorado. You know, I say this time and time again. Uh, they have my favorite brick-and-mortar location up at the Lodge Casino as well. But when it comes to fair lines, people that know what they're doing, and great sign-up bonuses, uh, there is nowhere better to be placing your bets than Superbook Sports. They're actually going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. And... You know, if you've listened, if you watched the pilot episode last week or if you know me personally and you ask me about sign-up bonuses and different books and whatnot, you know I'm a big proponent of if the book's going to offer you a deposit bonus for your first time, like to me, that's the best way to earn your business. I like the risk-free bets. I like the other promos that some of these books throw out. But in my opinion, our friends over at Superbook Sports have one of the best sign-up offers in town. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So if you deposit 250, you're going to get 250. If you deposit 500, you're going to get another 500. Uh, it is my favorite sp uh, sign-up offer. I wish I could do it again, honestly. Like I wish every book would let you, you know, just keep rolling it over and keep redepositing and getting some extra money. But uh, no, if you guys have yet to sign up with our friends uh, over at Superbook Sports, do yourself that favor and away we go. So just a little rehash as well. So this Football Friday show is the video element of the entire Mile High Sports primer that I put together each and every week. So the written portion of the primer is currently being reviewed by our editors, and that'll be published right after the fact. You'll also be able to see this video embedded within the article uh, once that goes live. So if you're watching this on Saturday or Sunday morning, or if you're looking for something on your Saturday or Sunday mornings to kind of get you ready to bet the NFL, uh, this can be it. So it's content that is produced and created on Friday, but it lives all throughout the weekend. Uh, you know, sometimes the lines change, but it's usually not too dramatic. And if something crazy does happen, that's when you want to follow me on social media at Media by AP because we can. Uh, go over it we can talk about it but uh as i said the pilot episode as well i'm trying to make this your football friday show so for anybody out there that's listening that maybe you're not the biggest sports better in the world or you're just getting used to sports betting um you know that's what i want this show to be i don't consider myself to be a professional sports better by any stretch of the imagination believe me i would love to become a pro sports better but at the end of the day you know you gotta you gotta work your way up right you got to learn the ropes here a little bit um so i like you know the whole idea with this primer with the article with the video with the podcast is it supposed to be the common man's guide to betting the nfl sunday i'm not trying to come out here and pick 10 out of 10 games and get every single game right but sometimes you know i've had some good reads earlier this year uh, last week the nfc east we absolutely crushed it 
Uh, the Eagles, I believe, were the only team that did not cover. Washington got the upset victory. That was in the primer last week. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they cover against Carolina, although it was a little bit of a sweat. And I wrote in the primer as well, I didn't expect the Giants to get the outright victory against the Saints, but if, go week four primer, mylifesports.com. Check it out for yourself. Um, but I was talking about how I absolutely thought the Giants were a live team to potentially cover that spread. I believe it was that seven uh, last week. But we're on to week five. So at the end of the day, though, guys, mylifesports.com, it's going to be your one-stop shop for all things NFL Sunday betting moving forward. Uh, it's really intended for, I guess, all sports bettors, but it's going to be primarily for the Colorado sports better, right? That's why I teamed up with our friends at Superbook. They've got extensive local ties, and we're trying to you know, paint a picture of sports betting from a localized perspective. So that's what we aim to do here on the Football Friday show. But we have got an interesting slate to get to, and we're not going to run the entire slate because there's a couple games that really aren't all that interesting. Uh, but ooh, let's start with England, right, or in London, wherever the game is. You've got the New York Jets and you've got the Atlanta Falcons. It is a degenerate's paradise. That is the one game that I highlighted first in the primer. I think it starts, what, 730 in the morning? So I look forward to having my cup of coffee while I'm watching that game and going over the lines for the rest of the slate because I can tell you this. This is... Like I said, it's a, degener it's a de degenerate's paradise. There we go. I got that out. 7.30 between two teams that are just fall all over themselves every single week. I just, whew, that is going to be one interesting game. And I, I, I honestly, if you're backing up the Brinks truck on Jets-Falcons at 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, God bless you. Because we've got a total of 45 and a half. And my initial gut lean on that game is probably just to go under. We're talking about two incompetent teams. But again, I'm probably passing this one entirely. You've got the Falcons laying two and a half for a home game that is in London. So, you know, if you're a true D-Gen, if you're trying to, you know, start your day with a bang or with a really funky L, uh, then the New York Jets-Atlanta Falcons game is the one for you. But we're not, like I said, we're not going to go game by game here. We're going to hone in particularly on the Broncos. So we'll do a full segment on the Broncos. We'll break down that break down that game from its entirety, take a look at some props, the over-under. The under's actually cashed in all four games the Broncos have played in this season. Uh, but the games from the Sunday slate that we're particularly going to take a look at, really interested in Packers, Bengals, Browns, Chargers, Lions, Vikings, 49ers, Cardinals, and Bills, Chiefs. So these are all highly competitive games between teams. You know, most of them try to make the playoffs or can at least make a case for trying to make the playoffs. Uh, so we'll hone in on those games. I've got some interesting trends to kind of give out for those as well. And uh, away we go. So let's hit our break. When we come back, we'll get the trends all set up and start going game by game. We'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? They've got an interesting game coming up against the Carolina Panthers. That's one that I'm very interested in. So when we come back, we'll talk about Philly. I've got some crazy trends for Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings, some really crazy trends. Bengals got some interesting stuff. My Cowboys, they've got some interesting stuff. And, uh, of course, your Denver Broncos will save the best for last. So let's hit our break. When we come back, we'll get this Football Friday show underway, start picking some winners, looking at some trends, trying to get some bets out there, and get you guys ready to rock and roll for your Week 5 NFL Sunday. I'm Anilo Piro. You guys can follow me at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to throw out a live question or anything like that, if you're watching live, just tweet me. I've got the iPad with the Twitter all pulled up. So at Media by AP on Twitter, or you can chime in with us at Mile High Sports on Twitter, and away we go. All right, Football Friday presented by our friends at Superbook Sports. We'll be back in a few minutes. Let's pick some winners. If you're looking for a place to sign up. If you're looking for a new sports book, maybe you don't like who you've been betting with lately, right? Maybe you're just looking to spice it up. Maybe you want to shop your lines, which we advocate for in the primer as well. Uh, there is no better sports book to sign up with than our friends over at Superbook Sports, guys. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. Uh, as I said in the last segment, to me, that is the number one telltale sign 
of a, bo of a book that's really trying to earn your business. And at the end of the day, maybe you've never heard of Superbook, right? Well, they have extensive local ties. Outside of their flagship book in Nevada, uh, Jay Cornegay, their head odds maker, you know, he's got some relationships with the CSU Rams, Colorado native himself, Kristen Mackey, who helps with their marketing. She lives out here. Mike Rigg, who helps with their creative content. He lives out here as well. Uh, so Superbook is also available in New Jersey and, of course, out there in Nevada. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a book, you know, that has been – what, 20 plus years, you know, really well known out there in the Las Vegas area with really strong Colorado ties. So maybe you haven't signed up for a sports book, or like I said, maybe you're just looking to spice things up. Do yourself a favor, sign up with our friends over at Superbook Sports and get yourself that $500 dollar for dollar match. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. And it's not, it's not site credit. It's not all this. You're going to get legitimate money. You put 250 in, you're going to get another 250. You put 500 in, you get a 500. Uh, you get another 500 to bet with. So Good stuff, because you're going to want to use some of that to bet the games this weekend. Let's start diving into this slate, week five. We'll save the Broncos for last, because I think they've got a very intriguing matchup uh, coming up with the Pittsburgh Steelers here in week five. So we'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers. We're talking about two teams with opposite records, right? Philadelphia 1-3 and three, and the Carolina Panthers at 3-1. and one. Carolina losing last week to the Dallas Cowboys. And Philadelphia putting up a fight, uh, but they did lose to the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Initial thoughts, and I just got the update because I've got Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team, uh, downgraded to doubtful, although I do know that there's been kind of a narrative going around that maybe he can play, but it does seem that if Christian McCaffrey does end up playing for the Carolina Panthers this weekend, it's going to be on a very limited basis. So uh, just based off that, I think Christian McCaffrey is an essential dynamic to that Carolina Panthers offense. And at the end of the day, you know, I am a biased Cowboys fan, so everyone's probably going to throw up. I want to throw up even when I say that. Um, but I really think you saw last week, Dallas, they're two different echelons of team, right? I personally believe Dallas is a top five team in the NFC. Again, you might throw up when I say that, but that's just how I feel. Um, whereas I think Carolina, I think they've got the ability to be competitive in the NFC, but I put them a tier below, you know, Rams, uh, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals so far, uh, Packers. You know, those are kind of the, that's the creme de la creme. And I'm throwing the Cowboys in that mix because they're going to win the division. And they have a pretty damn good chance to probably win 12 or 13 games. Again, you're probably going to throw up when I say that, but it's the reality of the situation. Um, but the Philadelphia, uh, I call them the Phillies almost, the Philadelphia Eagles are an interesting team, right? Because they scored, what was it, 30 points last week against Kansas City. And I think Carolina's defense was a little exposed at times. We've got an over-under of 44.5 for this one. And uh, Carolina, the three-point home favorite against the spread. So initially, I looked to Philly as a team that if they can kind of string together some offensive drives like they were able to last week, and again, that secondary is a little weak right now for Kansas City, so you got to take that for what it is. But I think, like I said, Carolina's offense, or defense, excuse me, I think has some soft spots. I think Jalen Hurts, if he can continue to get going, you've got your receivers, Devontae Smith. If you can find some holes, I think they're going to be able to take advantage of a Carolina offense, or excuse me, why do I keep saying that? A Carolina defense uh, that showed some flaws last week against the Dallas Cowboys. And again, look, it's the Chiefs, right? And the Eagles were not going to win that game, but to score 30 points, I mean, to me, that's a recipe for success uh, for Philadelphia if they can kind of mimic that strategy going up against the Carolina Panthers this week. Now, where things get really interesting is Philly sucks on the road. Like, they are disgustingly bad. Philly 1-7 against the spread and their last eight games on the road. Uh, Philadelphia away from wherever they play out there in Philly, uh, they really, really struggle to get it going. 1-11 against the spread in their last 12 games. The Eagles are following a double-digit loss as well. Um, 
So that's certainly something to keep an eye on. And another one that ca- that jumps out to me is the Eagles are one in five against the spread in their last six games as a road underdog. So Eagles on the road underdog, complete recipe for disaster. And I'm not advocating. That's the other thing about the primer and with this show. I'm not going to be Mr. Lock of the century here, lock of the century there. I'm just trying to paint a picture. I want you guys to come to your own conclusions. Uh, if I'm betting this game, though, my early lean, I guess you could say, is I like the potential of Philadelphia in a field goal game. It's less about the Eagles and it's more about the Panthers for me. I think the Panthers have talent, but without Christian McCaffrey, I think that that offense gets a little one-dimensional in my personal opinion, and that's where I just look at maybe, maybe the Panthers' offense slows down a little bit. And who, who have the Panthers really beat? They, they beat Davis Mills on Thursday Night Football. They beat Jameis Winston, who I'm incredibly down on. And... Um, Who's the other one? Who am I missing? Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. Week one, who'd they play? Oh, the Jets. That's why I'm forgetting that one. I mean, it's not like they beat these exceptional teams. And I'm not trying to say Philadelphia's an exceptional team, but I think you stack up the Philadelphia Eagles roster compared to some of these other teams that they've played, and it's it's kind of close. So I'm looking at this as a field goal game with the Panthers that I think the Eagles not only have a chance to cover, but potentially win outright, but they're going to have to right their wrongs um, from their road perspective. Again, let me give those trends out one last time. The Philadelphia Eagles, ooh. 1-11 against the spread in their last 12 games following a double-digit loss at home, and then just 1-7 against the spread straight up in their last eight road games. So disgusting stuff from the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think that uh, there's a little vulnerability, right? Because I think a lot of people, first, first, first chance, right? And this is where I've kind of grown as a sports player a little bit. You see Panthers minus three on the, li- on, the, on the lines, and you see Philadelphia plus three. I think every, not everybody, but I think most people outside of Philadelphia, their initial gut reaction is probably going to be, oh, the Panthers, you know, they, they managed to come back against the Cowboys last week in the second half. You know, they were looking strong at the end of the game. They might get McCaffrey back. The Eagles, they're no good. They only have one win. You know, this is a bounce-back game for the Panthers, and I don't disagree with that. That could end up being how this game plays out. Um, but I think you look at it a little bit deeper, and I think you're looking at a Panthers team that is a lot more over the course of the season like they were last week than they were in the first three weeks. So that's kind of my thoughts, early thoughts at least, on the Panthers and the Eagles. Moving along here, this is another interesting one. We've got the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. So an, an, an NFC North Division uh, matchup here for this one. And the Vikings have been one of the more intriguing teams this year. Frustrating team, as always. I say on the Denver Sports Betting Show all the time, the Vikings are an organization stuck in oblivion because they're never bad enough to get a top-five pick, and they're never good enough to get over the hump and contend for a championship year after year, which is why you see them picking, like, 13 every single year, or 14, whatever it is. Um, and here we go again, right? They, oh, Man, how did they lose last week? That was frustrating. The absolute, they scored seven points against the Cleveland Browns it's at home. Cleveland didn't even play all that well last week, but such is life. And I think that this is a big bounce back spot for Minnesota, particularly in the division game here. Um, Minnesota, I think, just does a good job in compartmentalizing sometimes in a game like this. Actually, let me pull up the trends here as well. They've owned Detroit in recent memory. Uh, I think Detroit's only won like four of the last 16 matchups. Give me one second here. Uh, but I got some good trends on Mike Zimmer that I like. Yeah, Lions, 4-10-2 against the spread in the last 16 meetings in Minnesota. So this is a home game for the Vikes. Um, but I just, they've been really up and down the Vikings have this year. And I mean, that's what it is. One week they're going to score 35 points or whatever it was against Arizona. And they're going to come back the next week and score seven against uh, the Cleveland Browns, who do have a good defense. I got to give him credit there. But Mike Zimmer coming off a loss. This is a trend that I uh, picked up on that I'm really interested in. Mike Zimmer coming off and against the spread loss is 32-15 and 15 ATS. 
So that's right around 60 plus percent hitting on that. Let me repeat that. Mike Zimmer, 32 and 15 against the spread coming off a loss. So I'm going to go ahead and chase that trend for sure. I do like the Vikings in this one. And Detroit's one of those interesting teams. I know a lot of people that tried to jump on Detroit plus six last week against Chicago. I actually faded the line movement and ended up playing Chicago. I got them to think of minus two and a half. I'm just not sold on Detroit whatsoever. I know people like their head coach, Jared Goff, you know, whatever. Um, they've got the running back with the inspirational story, which is fantastic. Love rooting for a guy like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think the Vikings are the superior team here by far. And another trend, like I said, Zimmer, 32-15 and 15 against the spread off a loss, but he's 4-0 against the spread when, the sp when uh, Minnesota's favored by more than a touchdown. So when, when Minnesota is favored by more than a touchdown, coming off a straight-off loss, they're 4-0 against the spread. So that's definitely going to be a trend that I'm chasing. When is Kirk Cousins going to show up? When are they going to explode? Dalvin Cook has also been just kind of, uh, you know, limited. You know, you haven't really seen him blow up uh, so much this season. And I just think... Detroit is a team, it's a rudderless ship, you know, and I know they bring in the new head coach and this and that, whatever, but I, I'm just not confident in Detroit to keep this game close when, it, when a Minnesota team that has hysteric, historically owned Detroit at home with these trends, I'm going to probably go ahead and chase these. I like the Vikings against the Detroit Lions, and I know, what is it, eight and a half, I believe the spread is, or ten, it's all the way up to now. Uh, I guess I should have given that out at the start too, right? So the spread is 10 in favor of Minnesota. We've got an over-under of 49.5. So what a game. But let me repeat these because these are some of the juiciest trends that I found this week. Coach Zimmer, 32-15 and 15 against the spread following a loss. And then 4-0 when the spread is a touchdown plus. So when, when Minnesota is minus 7 or a greater coming off a loss, Mike Zimmer is 4-0 as their head coach. So I'm going to go ahead and chase that trend for sure. That is one that I've got a lot of interest in as the Vikings are getting ready to take on the Detroit Lions, who have yet to win a game. All right, speaking of a game that looks a little too good to be true, two 3-1 teams going up against each other in the early time slot. The Green Bay Packers going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is going to be a really interesting game, and it's one that I am kind of having a sick feeling in my stomach about because at first glance, you've got Green Bay as the three-point road favorite which just seems way too low like way 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 too low at first glance I understand that Cincinnati's been good uh, but we're talking about a Cincinnati team that you know for a minute there really looked like they were gonna lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night football uh, you saw them lose to the Chicago Bears earlier they beat the Minnesota Vikings who we just talked about so I like Joe Burrow I like the Jamar Chase kind of uh, the uh, the mesh that they've got going on I don't like Zach Taylor and I do wonder when Zach Taylor's uh I don't know, deficiencies might catch up to them in one of these games. And they're going up against probably, the, in my opinion right now, the second-best team in the NFC behind the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. They've got Aaron Rodgers. You can, And it's just at the end of the day, I don't know if there's a quarterback that I trust more laying three in a Cincinnati environment that's probably not going to be all that insane. So the Bengals 1-7 against the spread following a straight-up win. The Bengals, obviously, last week they took on the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I said. And they got the win there, taking down Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and company, but they're also winless, Jacksonville is. Sorry to my boy is said for that one. Um, but maybe they get the win this week against Tennessee. You know, Tennessee's not been looking good either. But uh, like I said, Cincinnati 1-7 against the spread following a straight-up win. They've also had a little extra time to prepare for this game, so that's something to keep an eye out because they played Jacksonville on Thursday night football. So I don't know, but it, this is just a line, like I said, it just it looks way too good to be true. And if we see the public money, I mean, look at this. I'm seeing 71% of the bets right now coming in on Green Bay. Like, we're getting to the point where it's almost take Cincinnati or pass for me because while I love Green Bay, it was the same thing week one. Oh, my gosh, I think Green Bay was minus three in New Orleans for a game that was in Jacksonville. 
Oh, it destroyed every parlay I had. I lost so much money on the straight bet. And it's just another line that just looks way too good to be true. And sometimes maybe this happens in college or basketball or other sports. But in the NFL, like nine times out of ten when a line looks way too good to be true, and if it's not like a pick em, right, if it's a road, road team with a favorite, Oof, it's just one that you've definitely got to definitely take a nice, hard, long look at. But again, Bengals 1-7 against the spread following a straight-up win. That's something that I'm keeping an eye on. But if we get to the 80% threshold with the Packers in regards to where the money's going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on that one. I really do. As much as I love, as, as juicy as the minus three looks, we'll have to see how that kind of shakes out. So... Another one that we've got here is uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They're going up against the New York football Giants. And this is an interesting one. The Cowboys have actually owned the Giants recently. They've won six of the last eight head-to-head matchups. That's something to keep an eye on without a doubt. But, I mean, that's a good game to keep an eye on. The Giants 0-4 against the spread, following an against-the-spread win. What an upset victory for them last week against New Orleans. Uh, so that's definitely another game that I'm going to keep an eye on for bias purposes. I mean, just some other quick thoughts, too. Uh, the Saints and the Washington football team, I'm looking at New Orleans. Like I said, I'm down on New Orleans. I've long made the comparison that New Orleans is a team, much like the New England Patriots of last year, where they were trying to replace a franchise QB. You know, they Cam Newton, you want to say what you want to say about him. But, you know, Jameis Winston's been highly regarded by a lot of people, or at least, you know, thought of as someone that can, you know, have a nice little second act in his career. But it's hard to replace a GOAT in Drew Brees, and I think you're going to see that for sure. Um, as we kind of as we kind of continue to move along here, I'm down on New Orleans as a whole, so I think Washington is definitely primed for a potential upset on the money line in that one. Uh, Washington getting two and a half points at home. So let's do one more game here before we hit a break, and it's a good one. The San Francisco Froddy Niners, as I like to call them, they're going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who are I think the surprise of the league so far for sure. Arizona four and zero with a big time statement victory against the Los Angeles Rams last week. And that's why I think I'm kind of on the fade Arizona train, right? Because I know that they're playing well, but this is the ultimate letdown spot for the Arizona Cardinals. I think Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP caliber player. I'm not worried about him. They've got the leader on defense in J.J. Watt. What I wonder about and what I worry about is Cliff Kingsbury. Much as I do with Zach Taylor, I mean, I look back to that Jacksonville game, and look, the Jaguars are not good. But if the Cardinals are playing any other team but Jacksonville in that scenario— they almost, they almost blew that one, you know, and there's been a couple other games. The Rams, they came out and played hard, but now Arizona 4-0, riding high. I'm sure everybody's feeling good in that locker room. Going up against a team in San Francisco that, while I'm usually always down on, I kind of like them in this spot. I like San Francisco on the road. And in this head-to-head matchup in particular, uh, the dog is 5-0-1 in the last six against the spread. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And the road team in this matchup is 7-2-1 in the last 10 games against the spread. I really like the narrative of Kyle Shanahan having a full week with Trey Lance, right? So no Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be out of this game with an injury, which means it's going to be the rookie Trey Lance. And rookie quarterbacks have been a little up and uh, more down than up for sure this season. But I like the idea of Shanahan getting ample time to game plan with the guy in which San Francisco traded up for. So I'm definitely taking a nice, long, hard look at San Francisco this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, Arizona, the minus four and a half point favorite against the spread, and uh, which means San Francisco's obviously getting four and a half points. And we saw this uh, total balloon up to 49 and a half. But it's interesting because San Francisco actually opened as the one-point favorite for this game preseason. So complete change of sides here as Arizona's trending up and, and uh, San Francisco's kind of just middle of the road here. So interesting stuff as we move along here on the Football Friday. I'll, uh, let's hit a break. When we come back, we'll talk some Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, the marquee game for Sunday night football. 
And uh, we'll dive in, of course, to the Denver Broncos road matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a football Friday presented by our friends at Superbook Sports. If you're looking for a new sports book to sign up with, Superbook is the place to do it, guys. They're going to give you a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. You deposit 500, you're going to get 500. You deposit 250, you're going to get 250. Do yourself a favor and sign up with our friends over at Superbook Sports. All right, let's hit a break. When we come back, talking Chiefs and Bills and Broncos and Steelers right here on a Football Friday show presented by Superbook Sports. And welcome back to the final segment of the Football Friday show right here on Mile High Sports. Sports.com, retweeting myself on Twitter. All right, phone away. Bets are ready to be made. Let's go ahead. Before we get to that Broncos game, I promise you we would talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a very, very fun game. And another one kind of similar to the Green Bay game, although Green Bay is, I think, in my mind, a lot better than Cincinnati. I do think Buffalo is the right side. They're just the better team at this moment in time. And it is the Chiefs, a team that's notorious, absolutely notorious for not covering spreads uh, in the last year or so. This is a banger. I think everyone's thinking this is probably going to be a preview of the AFC Championship game. Uh, Buffalo at 3-1, and one, Kansas City at 2-2, two and two, which is, I'm sure, a surprise to many. Hey, a little tidbit, too, and this is probably going to pain a lot of Broncos fans, but take your emotion out of it if you want to make some money. Uh, if you think Kansas City is going to win the division, which they were the heavy favorite to do, I think minus one, two, like minus 240 before the year. Uh, last I checked, Kansas City's right around minus 110, minus 105 to win the division. So if you want to dip your toe back in with Kansas City to win the AFC West, which I know is sacrilegious for a lot of you Broncos fans, uh, now is the time to do it. I will say this, after week one, I saw Buffalo drop down after they lost to the Steelers to like minus 110 to win the AFC East, and I am kicking myself for not going to the bank, getting the Brinks truck, and putting that all on Buffalo to win the AFC East because that is a lock. But uh, all right, the two teams going to clash this evening on Sunday. Kansas City, the three-point favorite at home. We've also got a total of 56.5, open 54.5, and, and also open Kansas City minus 4.5. So quite a bit of movement uh, on the spread and the total for this one, about two points on the total and uh, about a point and a half on the spread. So at the end of the day, Kansas City is absolutely the team with the highest ceiling in the NFL. I still have no reservations about that, but their defense is sp uh, suspect right now. Their secondary can get exposed, and that's the real reason why I'm looking at Buffalo in this one. Not just because it's Buffalo and the Chiefs have been whatever. Like, like I, I generally think Buffalo matches up really well with this Kansas City Chiefs team. I trust Josh Allen's ability to potentially go in there, hostile environment, big game, Sunday night football, and deliver, you know, a primetime performance. And I'm really, really big on Justin Herbert. And I know you should never use another team's success against a team when they're playing another. But the fact that Justin Herbert was able to go in there early start time a couple of weeks ago and get the upset victory over the Chiefs, that to me just shows that we're talking about a Chiefs team that has plenty of holes, right? I mean, we've seen it game after game after game. And yes, they looked very good against the Eagles last week, but it's an Eagles team that is probably going to finish in the bottom half of that division. So just where are the Chiefs at in the grand scheme of things? They're the team with the highest ceiling at the end of the day, but are they going to play up to that ceiling? I don't think so. And I think we're looking at a Bills team that really since losing to Pittsburgh in week one, they've been the best, most consistent team across the board. I think they won, what, 40 to nothing last week against Houston, which is to be expected. Uh, but still, that's just kind of my early thoughts here. And I do expect I'm seeing here 62% of the bets coming in on Buffalo as of right now. So I do expect uh, the public to be backing the Bills more than they're backing the Chiefs. But this is going to be a banger game. I I'm siding with Buffalo early on. But again, I could see Kansas City just exploding. And imagine if Kansas City comes out and wins by 14, 21 points and really makes a statement on Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, all right, let's get to the big boys. Here we go. The Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Steelers. Before we do that, though, if you're looking for a place to bet this game, our friends over at Superbook Sports should be your new sportsbook and your sportsbook of choice. If you have not signed up with Superbook Sports yet, they're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So if you put 250 in, you're going to get 250. If you put 500 in, you're going to get 500. So there's a thousand dollars for you to start betting, and uh, away we go. But we've seen. From preseason, this line opened Pittsburgh minus four and a half, and now it's down to a pick at Superbook. So it's been very interesting. You know, this is a complete coin flip game in the eyes of the odds makers. And I do wonder, because I can tell you this, I'm not, you know, I'm not the expert reporter who's down at Dove Valley, but I think everybody in their mothers right now is expecting Teddy Bridgewater to play. And that's kind of where I think you can use your local insight, your local advantage as a local fan and a local sports better to kind of put two and two together. You see the way practice has been going. I believe someone tweeted it out that he's going to get cleared by like an independent person today to come back for practice. Uh, so I am curious to see if the line moves at all. Uh, with Teddy Bridgewater expected to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, that's not official yet, but that's where I would be generally shocked if Teddy Bridgewater did not play. So it's a pick'em game, but the total is what I'm really fixated on. 39 and a half. What? Like, why would you even make a number that low? I mean, obviously you know why you make a number that low, but I think it is generally impossible to have a good feeling if you're on the over or the under for this game. That is a disgusting number through and through. So good job to our odds makers over at the Superbook because that is such an intimidating number that I don't even know what to do. 39 and a half. Like, you want to talk about low-hanging fruit. But for two offenses that really, you know, if, if Teddy's maybe it takes a little longer to come back, maybe it takes him a minute to get in the swing of things, and we're talking about a Pittsburgh offense that's only averaged 16.8 points per game at this point, I mean, maybe the under of 39.5 is the play. Maybe it is. The under's cashed in all four games the Broncos have played this season. But at 39.5, like, I am walking myself off the ledge with that one because that is a gross number. A gross number. I believe New England and Houston is also at 39.5. I mean, how do, how do you get a read on this one? Um, so I like to chase the trends and I also just love playing unders with the Broncos. The unders actually five and one in the Broncos last six games on the road as well. But at 39 and a half, like ugh, you're definitely going to have to, there, there's some other totals on the board. I think you can take a look at There's other spreads on the board that I think you can take a look at, but this is a real gut check game for the Denver Broncos. So at Pickham, you know, what is that telling you that Teddy Bridgewater at three and one is they're valuing them on the road, right around the same as a Pittsburgh Steelers team that has looked completely out of sync. Uh, since week one with their victory over the Buffalo Bills. Now, they lost last week, the Steelers did, but they didn't get destroyed against Green Bay, right? They were able to kind of hold their weight to a degree against a team that they were going to lose to either way. But this is a real kind of testing of the waters game for Denver because I think if the Broncos are serious about wanting to contend for the playoffs and trying to make the playoffs this year, this is a game you have to win, and you should be able to win it convincingly just seeing how Cincinnati was able to go in there a couple of weeks ago and earn the win in Heinz Field, which is very, very rare. So uh, the public... Really back in Pittsburgh right now, I think right around 60% of the bets coming in on the Steelers. I do wonder if that's because of Teddy Bridgewater. And again, once Teddy Bridgewater is listed as active, if he is going to play, I am very curious to see how the lines move uh, with that one. But this is also a desperation play for Pittsburgh, right? Because if they don't win this game at 1-4, and four, or excuse me, at 1-3 and they go to 1-4, and four, their season, I mean, this is, might be Mike Tomlin's first losing season as his head coach in Pittsburgh. So it is a tough game for Pittsburgh. You know, if there was ever a prove-it moment for the Steelers, I mean, this is going to be it. Big Ben looking like a true 39-year-old. Najee Harris has really struggled to get going, the rookie. I think it, someone, Danny, was telling me that they're averaging like 55 rushing yards a game. That is just putrid. It's insane that you draft a first-round running back to help solve your running woes. You know, you haven't had a stable running back. I guess James Conner had a couple good, you know, a couple good games, but really since Le'Veon Bell... The, the, the running game has been, you know, decreasing ever, ever, so, uh, ever so slowly. And you're going to average less than 100 yards rushing per game and you draft a running back in the first round? Like, whew, that is a, a tough pill to swallow if you're Pittsburgh. But 
I think, you know, you got to worry about Denver's offense as well because no Jerry Judy, no K.J. Hamler. You're going to have to see Teddy Bridgewater again rely on guys like Tim Patrick, who's great, Cortland Sutton, who's still working his way back from injury, and then, of course, the two big tight ends with Alberto and Noah Fant. So I do think the Broncos are the better team here. And at the end of the day, I'm much more of a believer. I just circled it on my paper here. Uh, in the Broncos' defense than I am in the Steelers' offense. Pittsburgh averaging just 16.8 uh, points per game. And while I do think, you know, being at home, back against the wall, a little desperation is going to help Pittsburgh and maybe give them a little extra juice, 16.8 per game is really telling of a team like Pittsburgh going up against a defense like Denver. And I think you've seen Von Miller playing really well. I think Justin Simmons, you know, he had an interesting game last week. I think you're going to see the whole defense, Kareem Jackson and company, they're going to come out with a vengeance this weekend against Pittsburgh, or at least they should, right? I mean, it's, it's always hard to tell. It is an early start time as well uh, for the Broncos on the East Coast. That's something you always got to be weary of. But I just think at the end of the day, for a pick em, you know, there's not a spread really. It's just pick the team to win. I think the Denver Broncos are the better team. And I think you, we've seen this line. You might get Denver minus one. I've actually seen Denver plus one as well. But at Superbook, it's a pick em. So that is the place to be. I think that the Broncos are a live team to win this game. And I think if they win this game, it says a lot about them, right? Because if Denver – and it's not just if they lose, right? If Denver gets blown out, if Denver doesn't play well, I think that's – you've got to start pumping the brakes a little bit. You know, look, look how people were talking about the Raiders after their one loss. You know, and, and I think – for the first three weeks, there was obviously a little bit of fantasy with the Broncos country. You win those three games, which you should have won, and then you got to get punched in the mouth against a Ravens team that's pretty damn good. So now they're going up against a uh, a decent opponent, a competitive opponent, an opponent that should be competitive at least in the Pittsburgh Steelers, but a game the Broncos should absolutely positively win. But the two played last year, as a matter of fact. Pittsburgh won that game. It was in Pittsburgh. They won 26-21, to although Denver did manage to cover the spread in that one. It was set at plus 6 way back when but uh denver's also owned pittsburgh against the spread 5-0-1 ats and the last six games they've played head-to-head -head. denver's come out ahead for sure so uh we'll have to see how this one plays out let me just run through these trends one last time for you guys uh the under five and one in the broncos last six games away from empower field steelers only averaging 16.8 points per game i think that certainly is going to help the denver defense and this is going to be a game reliant on the broncos offense right if the broncos offense comes to play uh, you know, they can win this game by a sizable margin. Again, Pittsburgh won 26-21 last year, but Denver managed to cover that plus-six spread. And against the spread, Denver's been pretty damn good, 5-0-1 in the last six. So if you've bet Broncos uh, the last six head-to-head -head matches with Pittsburgh, you're definitely out ahead. And uh, Denver on the road. They have uh, covered five of their last eight games away from Empower Field. All righty, we've got the Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up this weekend, 11 a.m. start time gut check time for your Denver Broncos but uh, I think that's gonna do it I think we got through all I wanted to get through uh, you're gonna have to read the primer for everything else so if you're watching this live mylifesports.com we're gonna be launching the primer it's been edited as I've been here talking so after I get off the camera here we'll go publish that primer you're gonna have game-by-game -game analysis of everything going on in the NFL this weekend uh, from a betting perspective so you can use this video this video is also gonna be available in podcast form and then you can use the digital version to kind of get your reading in as well so Week five of the NFL season is upon us. Looking forward to it and trying to make some money this weekend. If you guys want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, away we go. Be sure to check out all that we've got online at MileHighSports.com. Fantastic Broncos coverage. Got the Nuggets and the Avalanche starting up soon. Uh, I know the Rockies just ended, but we'll be ripping them all off season long if you want to come along with us there. So uh, good stuff. Really good stuff. And looking forward to to another profitable Sunday right here uh, at My Life Sports and for yours, for yours truly. So, again, if you're looking for a place to uh, sign up, if you're looking for a new sports book to get in with, and if you just never sign up with Superbook and, uh, just at all, 
do yourself a favor and get in on that deposit bonus. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So you put 500 in, you get 500. You put 200 in, you get 200 dollar for dollar match. No risk-free bet. Uh, no profit boost, whatever it is, just they're going to match your deposit. What you want to do with your money is what you're going to be able to do with our friends over at Superbook Sports. All right, feeling pretty good about this one. MyLineSports.com, check out the primer, and uh, we'll be back at it again next Friday. Andrew in front of the glass in the doorway, great job, and uh, away we go. We'll talk to you guys next week. Check out all we've got going on at MyLineSports.com, and check out our friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm Anilo Piro. This has been another installment of the Mile High Sports Football Friday presented by Superbook Sports. Talk to you next week. Frustrate fighters all the time, including.